Brad Lidge stretches. The 0-2 pitch, swing and a miss, struck him out. The Philadelphia Phillies are 2008 World Champions of October 29th, 2008. Just days later, Ruben Amaro Jr. would be named general manager of the Philadelphia Phillies. But what if, months after that, Ruben left? That's where we come in. Two guys living in their houses in 2017 will attempt to simulate the 2009 Phillies in answering the eternal question, could two guys living in their houses in 2017 do better than Ruben Amaro Jr. with the Philadelphia Phillies? Welcome to Playing the Rube. Welcome to Playing the Rube. I am Tim Malcolm, the editorial director of philliesnation.com, and with me for the foreseeable future, hopefully for we do this for a little while, uh, the, the beaker to my Bunsen, the brain to my pinky, um, the Waldorf to my Statler, Dan Walsh of philliesnation.com. Is that all good? Is that Are you okay with all those uh, nicknames? I, I can't disagree with any of them. Okay. You'd Especially rather, uh, Statler and Waldorf. You'd rather be Waldorf than Statler? You can be Statler if you want. I, you know, I'm good either way. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so this is called Playing the Rube, and I should, I should first um, explain what we're doing here. So if you are a geek about simulating baseball seasons, uh, this is your podcast. It's right up your alley. Um, so basically, I'm a big fan of simulating baseball seasons like when i play video games i only get baseball video games i mean i have sports video games but whatever video game i get it's a sports video game baseball video game i do franchise mode or dynasty mode and like i don't do first person shooter games it's not my deal i don't do like i do a little bit of like mist and sim city like i used to do that when i was a kid when i was on computer but like baseball simulation gm mode franchise dynasty mode want to like build the best possible team over many years and try to win world championships. And so I had this idea of like 2008, we won the world series. It was great, you know? Um, but we never won anything after that. I mean, we got to a world series in 09, we got to the LCS in 10, whatever, but it fell apart pretty quickly. And we all, you know, we all have our opinion of Ruben Amaro jr. Um, but I feel like we could have won another world series in that time. And so I felt, why not try to simulate what happens after 08 and try to win a world series with the Philadelphia Phillies, another world series, at least, and at least like try to keep it going on a competitive note for longer than three years. Cause it really dropped off quick after 2011. So I talked to Dan, who is, uh, as, as much as I am a, a, a GM and, and, simulation wonk and uh he did a lot of out of the park baseball stuff on Phillies Nation a little while ago and I was originally going to do this with MLB the show I think 09 and I kind of put together some rosters but it's really tough to do that especially because there's only two levels of minor league baseball in MLB the show 09 so I was like why don't I just do out of the park baseball so we're going to do we're actually going to simulate the Phillies as an organization starting uh, spring training 09 because it's the earliest we can do it on this game through out-of-the-park baseball 18, which is what I own, 
and I'll be the general manager, and Dan will be the assistant general manager. Um, Dan, do you are you okay playing the sort of comic relief uh, nerdy younger kid who comes up with all the great ideas that the GM takes credit for later? <laughs> no, I'm totally fine with that, and I'll tell you why. Uh, when I play out of the park, or really any simulation game, I will spend hours and hours playing it. Next thing I know, the sun has risen outside. I'm late for whatever I had to do the next day. But all I've done is set the roster for like a week of games. You know, I haven't actually progressed. I haven't actually accomplished anything. But my batting order is just the way I want it. So I'm more than happy to be a little more hands-off, to be the assistant to the GM here, and let you kind of take the wheel. Yeah, I mean, who knows how long this goes, but I'm probably every at least couple of weeks uh, thank my wife for letting me indulge in this. I mean, she was like, I was like, I want to buy Out of the Park Baseball 18. She was like, what is that? And I was like, well, I played that baseball game on a tablet for a while when we were on the train to New York City. Every time we go to New York City, I would play this game. It's a baseball game. It's weird. And you were like, okay, whatever. That game, but in computer version. And she'd be like, okay, buy it. It's okay. I went shopping last week. Fine. So I thank her for the patience and the understanding of me being a weirdo. Um, and my daughter, I thank her for hopefully not waking up because she's in another room sleeping right now. So, hey, we'll see what happens. Um, but, I mean, it's fun, right? Like the Phillies in 2009, we sadly we can start this. We can't start this in the beginning of the offseason of 08 because I would have liked to have potentially – tried to do something different than what Ruben Amaro did in 2008-9 when he got the GM job, but we're going to have Raul Abanez and another two years of Jimmy Moyer and crap like that. We'll talk about that in a second. But, like, starting in offseason, uh, spring training of 09, it's not bad, right? Like, I feel like this team is in pretty good shape to contend, I, you know, right? Like, I think we can make a World Series again, right? I think so. I mean, they did in real life, right? And so, so you and I are here. Um, obviously, we are uh, geniuses. We want to say um, <laughs> so. We no, but I will say yeah. that we are pretty confident in our abilities, um, and we have the benefit of hindsight on our side. So we'll see uh, how much that really actually accounts for when we play. So that's like kind of part of it. Like, I don't want to use hindsight too much because, like, I'm looking at the rosters right now, and I see like Jake Diekman is in Williamsport. And I don't want to think in my mind, like, he's got to be a left-handed, one-out relief guy in three years, right, or five years or whatever. Like, I feel like we have to kind of keep ourselves back a little bit and, and really let the game play out itself. Right, of course. And, and you have to remember, too, that how models and projection systems like the ones that the game will use are um, – they are, you know, kind of crunching numbers, and there are a million different things that could happen. And, right. you know, and – so what did happen in real life is just one possible outcome, and then the game will give us other outcomes. And so we'll really have to adapt to what's actually happening, you know, in the game. So basically, like, everything that's happening that we're going to be doing in this podcast will be totally different from what actually happened in real life. But we're just going to adapt and hope that we are better than Ruben Amaro Jr. at adapting to how the Phillies play baseball. And... I should say, like, sort of house cleaning, uh, we're going to do this once a week. This will come out once a week, and it'll be different from the Phillies Nation podcast, which I do on Mondays. Um, this is a totally different podcast. We will have it on iTunes and SoundCloud and all that stuff. Hopefully it's there now. Um, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spreaker, TuneIn Radio, and then YouTube at YouTube.com slash Phillies Nation. 
But um, we'll do this once a week, and then on philliesnation.com, we will have a story kind of about what we did over the week that we played the game. So we're actually going to play the game live as we do this podcast. Uh, so, you know, the element of surprise is quite in play right now, man. <laughs> yeah, so this will be the first time that we're actually experiencing all of these things that are happening right. also. So um, so our our fury and our rage quitting, which I'm sure will happen at some point, uh, especially if you play all the way to, uh, you know, to into the 2010s, um, will be real. No, it's funny because like I play out of the park. I played out of the park a lot now, and I actually have like a 2017 dynasty. By the way, in out of the park, the 2007 because I basically Matt Clintacked it. I'm not really touching much in the first couple of months because I want to see how they do. The 2017 Phillies and out of the park baseball are eerily similar to the 2017 Phillies in real life. They are terrible. They are terrible. And I did fire uh, Bob McClure by June. I did. I had to do it. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you would. I mean, I did the same thing, honestly, when I played. Um, nothing personal, though. You know, that's the subject for another podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I will say, like, playing this game, like, there are, like, every time I simulate a game and it's, like, lost 7-1, to one, lost 12-2, to two, lost 4-3, to three, I'm like, oh, Jesus, God, Jesus, Jesus, like in, in like under my breath, and my wife like looks at me is like, "What's wrong?" I'm like, "Nothing's wrong. I'm playing out of the park. Get away." <laughs> so this is this is what you do when the Phillies are like 17 and 35. You know, you have to play these games and like hope that you're better than what hope the that you're better, but then sometimes you're worse or just as bad, and then <laughs> then you have to wonder what are you really doing to yourself? Yeah, yeah. Like I'll find myself like like a month from now, like walking around town, going, "Oh, Austin Hyatt, man, he's really doing well right now." Ooh, Austin Hyatt. I'm like, what am I talking about, man? What's going on? <laughs> but we'll see. Um, so some of the things just before we get into the whole, uh, there's a lot more. We're gonna go into philosophy and stuff, but also in this out of the park game, I you, I mean. If you go to philliesnation.com, you will see, you know, we'll post images of the rosters and things that we talk about in each episode so you get a sense of what we're doing. But it's hard to visualize because it's a podcast. So if you're one of the eight people listening, um, you will have to kind of use your imagination a little bit. But um, two things. One, out of the park baseball, they have an amazing database of all the names of players and all their qualifications and their talent skills and all that stuff everything that they are, but they don't have their actual salaries for when they were playing in the majors or even in the minors. So I actually went through, because at first I was like, I need to change all the Phillies salaries. I saw like Jason Worth was uh, signed on for like a seven-year deal with the Phillies that ended in 2014. So I was like, wait a second, that's I'll not take right. It. Yeah, <laughs> in hindsight. Um, but... Uh, <laughs> But I was like, hey, we have to change that because it's not real. So I made all the Phillies contracts uh, historically accurate to what they were after the 2008 season. So Raul Abanez has the three-year contract and et cetera, et cetera. Um, but also, and I didn't change this one, for some reason, all the guys that were drafted by the Phillies in 2009 are on the roster to start 2009. So if you know the draft happens in June, you don't know who you're getting until June, but all these guys who they drafted in 2009 are already on the roster in April, or actually it's March in this game. So I'm going to live with the 2009 guys in, in the roster, but what I decided to do was move the draft into December. So 
after the like around the Rule Five draft, I think it's at the winter meetings. We'll also have the first year player draft, so we'll just draft the 2010 guys at the end of 2009, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense because that way we avoid drafting having two drafts in one season, which would right. be kind of clumsy and and unfair, especially the Phillies at this point are you know they have a desperate need for restocking their farm, so that'd be kind of an unfair advantage for us. So you've already done the work here. You know that we are in desperate need of restocking our farm. I've done the work, and I've also lived through it, and uh, haven't <laughs> quite gotten over it yet. So I, I, I need to say this, like, flat out. Like, we can't – I, I want to try as hard as possible not to, like, refer to current times and, like, what we remembered. So, like, forget all you remember about, like, Zach Collier, right? Done. <laughs> <laughs> Which isn't much, but, <laughs> but but I think I still follow Zach Collier on Facebook. By the way, like I followed him on Facebook in 2009 uh, or something, and 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 he was like, "Yeah, I'll follow you back." And so I still get his posts, and it's like trying to get back in baseball. And I'm like, "Oh man, I feel so bad for that guy." Yeah, like, I mean, I, looking I over these, him. looking over these rosters, like so many names came back to me: Juwan James, you know, Sebastian <laughs> Valle, like these guys who, uh, you know, didn't didn't make it for the Phillies, but it would be like part of the fun is maybe some of them will this time. Philosophically. So as you poured over this roster in your first week of me giving you tons of binders to look over, what, what do you see philosophically that you want to do here? Kind of on a, on a, on a, on sort of a, a meta level. Like what do you, what do you feel like this Phillies organization should be doing? Right. Well, obviously our main goal is to win another world series, set up a dynasty, um, and my philosophy as we do that is to try to do it in a future-minded way because this was, you know, this is the main criticism of the real-life Phillies, and obviously um, we're trying to avoid hindsight as far as players, uh, individual players, but we want to at least, you know, learn the lessons that we can learn from what happened in real life. So um, what I mean by that is uh, trying to either go the money ball route, you know, and avoiding tying up salary or, or handcuffing our payroll in any kind of way, you know, finding the, the cheaper players that we can kind of leverage uh, talent out of um, and also choose, you know, younger players when we can as far as setting up, uh, you know, future pieces. Okay. I mean, that, that all makes sense to me. I mean, I think, you know, just looking at, we're a good team. We've won the World Series, but we want to sustain that for a while, and we need to be very, we need to be on the lookout and just ensure that the guys that we have in our system are worth the future. And if they're not, we should, you know, be judicious with that as quick as we can, and not just let that hang for a while. So I'm with you on that. I, you know, same same philosophy. Um, and the owner of the Phillies agrees with you. Um, Instead of David Montgomery, apparently we have another owner as well named Andres Aguayo. Um, okay. And uh, I, I, I could go into commissioner mode because there's a commissioner mode in Out of the Park Baseball where you can actually change whatever you want basically and make it to whatever you you know feels fit. But I feel like I don't want to change this guy. I think I want to keep him as the owner because he's like a different – he's a change-up from David Montgomery. So <laughs> Yeah, let's get to know him first, see if we like him. Yeah, Andres Aguayo is from Humble, Texas. So that's kind oh, of interesting. Nice. Yeah, he's, he's sixty four. Okay. He is uh he's a lenient guy. He's generous with his uh fiscal uh deviations, he or his distribution. He 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 doesn't mind giving some money away. And he's hands off as far as involvement. So, you know, he might check in once in a while, but he thinks we're gonna do a good job. So his Well that's his mistake then. 
That's true. His <laughs> priority, though, is profit. So, <laughs> so okay. that doesn't deviate at all from the Phillies. Um, right. And his goals are uh, short-term to reach the playoffs. So I think that's definitely, I think, a goal that we both have is we want to reach the playoffs this year. We want to be in a position to win a World Series. And uh, long-term, to build a championship team, to, okay. to sustain that. And he, his target year, funny enough, is 2011. So All right. <laughs> I'm good with that. Well, you know, I have some good news for him because it is literally already a championship team. You know what? I think historically we have proven that the Philadelphia Phillies in 2009 are a championship team. That is true. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, so as far as your short-term philosophy for this team, I mean, long-term we want to, you know, sustain a winner, but, like, talk to me about, like, World Series. Do you, like, what is, like, what is the moment where you feel satisfied with what we do in 2009? Are you satisfied with a playoff berth? Are you satisfied with competing into, like, mid-September? Are you satisfied with only, like, a championship series berth? Like, what, where is your line there? Yeah, I'm expecting a playoff berth you know like i'm disappointed with anything below a playoff berth i'm satisfied if we advance you know we do pretty well in the playoffs because to be completely honest the playoffs in baseball are kind of a crapshoot every year i mean we see it every year where like there's so often this one team that just kind of squeaks in and then sometimes they do really well on the playoffs you know Um, cardinals so yeah or even even um yeah, I mean, I don't want to relive these memories. Never mind. Um, but uh, <laughs> Memories we don't have because it's 2009, Dan. Yeah, exactly right. Well, I had these bad dreams about what might happen in the future, um, okay, and I don't well, want don't, to share them with you. Don't but, bring them um, out yet. Don't bring them out yet. <laughs> but, but yeah, so, you know, I, I think we should set ourselves up to expect to get to the playoffs and um, only be satisfied if we, you know, have a pretty decent showing once we do. Yeah, I know I'm with you that the playoffs are a crapshoot for sure. I would actually I'm almost a little more lenient with the expectation just because this team I think won what, ninety one games in two thousand eight? Maybe ninety two, I forget the exact number. Um and just like oh seven, like kind of squeaked by the Mets sort of in that last month and were able to kind of leap and make the playoffs. Um so if there's a little bit of regression, because, I mean there's a lot of like Ruben in the two months that he was general manager here, you know, he, 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 by the way, <laughs> I do have to let you know that when I was doing the, the, the financials for this team and I had to like change all the contracts, do you know how many guys Ruben Amaro extended and gave big contracts to after the 2008 world series win? Every single person who contributed to that world series got like a multi-year deal. It's. I mean, it's hard to blame him, right? A lot of them were still in their prime or or uh, not too far beyond it. They had just won a World Series. These players were so likable and so popular in Philadelphia. Um, so it's it's kind of hard to hate on him too much for that. The the Ryan Howard extension was awful, uh, and we kind of knew it at the time. But well, um, wait, 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 the the which extension? When uh, when Ryan Howard signed his uh, five year, hundred twenty five million extension. What what are you talking about? There's no such <laughs> thing. That's not a thing. What do you what do you mean five year, one hundred twenty five million dollars? Well, hypothetically, in this dream that I had where that happened, it <laughs> ended up very poorly. Well, well, luckily that hasn't happened here. So, <laughs> right, that was that was the middle of the season. That was in, in the right. season of a dream that you had. Um, but <laughs> I, okay, but I read um, when he signed Jimmy Moyer to a, like a two year, thirteen million dollar contract, whatever it was. 
Jamie Moyer himself said he demanded the second year in that contract, and then Ruben gave it to him. <laughs> <laughs> An expert like, negotiator. So, and then, so, okay, so what we're going to do uh, is we're going to go through the roster of, so we'll set it all up after, we'll do a little break, but we're going to go through the whole roster um, as spring training begins. The game starts, at least this season, apparently out of the park kind of starts games randomly whenever they want to. Like, they'll start a game on, like, April 1, and then they'll start another one on March 1, so it doesn't matter. But this one's starting on March 1st, so we're going into spring training, and uh, we're going to go through in this episode all the rosters in the Phillies organization. Um, I just, I, if, if you're cool with this, I would probably plan not to go through the Gulf Coast League in Williamsport because they're not starting until June, and we can kind of like throw guys in there that we feel aren't ready yet and kind of rummage through real quick and see if there's anybody that shouldn't be in those organizations and move them up. But is that cool? Yeah, that's fine. Okay. So we'll go through the Phils, Lehigh Valley, Redding, Clearwater, and Lakewood. Um, in out of the park, they basically take, I think, 60 players max for the active roster, for the Philly roster, for spring training. So we can just throw anybody that we want in spring training, and they'll play like spring training games with the Phillies. And you kind of want to do that because it gives them a little bit more like – it gives them a jump on the year. They actually get more points, and they actually get going better if they play in spring training. So we'll throw some guys in the spring training that we want to get in there. Um, and then we'll talk about like what we want for Lehigh Valley, Redding, Clearwater, and Lakewood. And then we'll then that'll be the episode. And then next week we'll go into spring training and play it out and then get ready for the season. So all good? All good. Okay. Well, let me real quick uh, tell you about where we do our work, philliesnation.com. I am the editorial director of said website. It's been around since 2004. And um, there's been a lot of Phillies blogs and websites in that time, a lot of places that have done Phillies coverage. But i got to be honest, like very few places do what Phillies Nation does. We are not only clued in and we get a lot of cool things uh, into our website from interviews. We've done interviews with, in the past couple of weeks, Aaron Altair, Scott Kingery, other guys with the organization. Uh, but we also get to go on trips. Um, when it, I don't know when this is going to run exactly, but we have done a trip June 11th in Reading. That was a really fun trip. We've done trips to Denver to see a Phillies Rocky series. We've done trips to D.C., to New York, to go to City Field and basically boo the hearts out of Mets fans. Really cool stuff. We also, on the website, have great pieces from guys like Dan Walsh here, uh, Kirsten Swanson, Mike Sadowski, Corey Sharp, Evan Gus. Uh, really great stuff. Everything from uh, Dan has a piece on the Philly Fanatic and rating all the cool and weird things he's done in his in his career to actual analysis of players and how they're doing on the current Philly season to historical pieces where we look at you know some of the greatest Phillies of all time. Uh, there have been a lot of pieces. Uh, we're going to do a lot of things on Pete Rose this year who is going into the Wall of Fame, and I have a lot of opinions on Pete Rose. Um, if you've been reading Phillies Nation since I've been there in 2008, you will know I have a lot of opinions on Pete Rose. But philliesnation.com is a great place where you can go read a lot of great stuff about Phillies history, current Phillies, and then just get a really good taste of what it means to be a Phillies fan. Also, we have our podcast on Mondays, which is really fun. You should go to iTunes, subscribe, give it a rating, check it out. It's really fun. Uh, philliesnation.com is the place to go for all things Phillies. Check it out today. Please do. And if you go, 
let me know. I don't know why, but you should. <laughs> <laughs> and um, follow us on Twitter at uh, Phillies Nation, uh, where we do a lot of great stuff during games. We have fun gifts that go up, and we kid around with the with the fans and stuff like that. Did I just hear crickets? You might have. Oh, okay. Okay. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> you can also follow us on Instagram at Phillies Nation underscore, and on Facebook at facebook.com slash Phillies Nation. PhilliesNation dot com. This is Tim Malcolm, the guy that you just heard, one of the hosts of Playing the Rube. For the next 40 minutes, Dan and I will be talking about rosters. We're going through every roster in the Phillies organization. It's very tedious. Just letting you know that this is what's happening for the next 40 minutes. Okay, back to the program. It is March 1st, 2009. The Phillies are coming off of a World Series championship. The city is buzzing. There are more people coming to Clearwater than ever, but the players are now in Clearwater training and getting ready for the season at hand, and they're waiting to figure out if they're going to be in the major league group uh, and play with the big boys in spring training or if they're going to be in a minor league group. So assistant general manager Dan Walsh, I think it's time that we go through the rosters and figure out what we want to do player by player, position by position. How does that sound? It sounds fine. I love your answers. They are very <laughs> succinct. I'm, I'm a bit of a yes man. I'm a bit of a yes man so far. That's what you, you, that'll create a great dynamic for the podcast. We'll um, see how it goes. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. So I figure we should go position by position. And sure. I, I start with catcher because I think catcher is just easy to start with. Um, so why don't we start Philadelphia catcher. Currently on the roster – uh, Chris Coast and Carlos Ruiz are there. Ruiz was the uh, playoff sort of surprise hero at times, and he had a pretty decent season last year, although, I mean, it was more defensive than anything else. Um, do you like Ruiz and Coast starting the year in Philly? Uh, you know, I'm comfortable with it. Like, Ruiz, the, the game rates Ruiz pretty highly. It says he has, um, you know, average batting skills and everything like that. Um, and then Coast, you know, your backup catcher is never going to really be a world beater or anything like that. Um, so I'm comfortable with those two. We do have some other options that we could at least invite to spring training. Paul Bacco and Paul Hoover, I'm sure. Um, they're on the Lehigh Valley roster, but I'm sure they're worth looking at. Um, obviously, Lou Marson is a name that we remember um, yeah. from real life, and so maybe he could get a look. Yeah, Lou Marson right now is on the Reading. Uh, the game put him on Reading, so we're going to we're gonna take a look at him. But he was in Reading last year, and he – Killed it. I mean, he was 314 with a 433 OBP, 416 slug. He's more known for his on-base skills than he is for the production. But I feel like he's, I mean, he's 22 years old. I feel like he could be aggressively moved to Lehigh Valley. But I don't know. Like, his defense is sort of average. Um, maybe he deserves more time in writing. What do you think? Yeah, you know, I, I think you could start the season with him in writing and see how he does. You know, okay. I think there's there's no rush. He's still 22, um, you know, so uh, it's worth at least seeing how the season starts. You can always move him off later if you want to. But do you want to give him a spring training invite? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Get him that so, experience. You know, he is a guy who um, was at one time seen as a real prospect. Um, so, you know, at least get him that experience. Let him shake a few hands, get some pointers. Uh, maybe things that he could take back to the minor leagues with him if he does get demoted or sent back down. 
And then, so going down the catcher ranks, none of these guys are going to be going anywhere right at this point. Kevin Nelson is the backup in Reading. He's 27 years old. And in Clearwater, they have three catchers listed. Um, Tuffy Gosowicz, who is coming off of a 2008 where he was playing in Clearwater and hit 218 with a 292 OBP and 309 slug. Joel Naughton is also in Clearwater. And Joel Naughton is probably deserving of a starting job in Clearwater because he was in Lakewood for the past two years. So Tuffy, I think... I feel like there's too many catchers in Clearwater right now. Tuffy goes to which Tim Kennelly and Joel Naughton. The rest of the catching ranks, Lakewood has Travis Darnold, who is a prospect and hit very well in Lakewood over a couple games. So I feel like the starting jobs are easy to figure out. Like Lehigh Valley will probably be Baco. You'll have Marson and Redding. You'll have Naughton and Clearwater. And then you'll have Darnold and Lakewood. And then we just kind of fill out the rest. I, I don't think it's a big deal at this point. So yeah, I'm, I'm not move, worried about that. Yeah, I'll move. I'll move Canelli over to Lakewood and keep him there. And Gosowicz can be Naughton's backup. And maybe we can give Gosowicz a little more time as a backup because he's 25 and maybe there's a little bit more in there. I don't know. His defense is pretty decent. So, um, all right, first base. Uh, Philly seems to be someone that is going to be there for a while. Ryan Howard, right? Oh, I thought you meant Andy Tracy. Oh, <laughs> well, Andy Tracy has a good defensive profile. Um, <laughs> I mean, yeah, and Ryan Howard, and this is, uh, you know, this is 2009 Ryan Howard, uh, who hasn't kind of completely fallen apart yet. Um, and so the, the game gives him on the 20 to 80 scale, they still give him a, a rating of 65. His power is plus power at 70. Um, so obviously, you know, we don't even have to second guess that. No, he's the guy. And uh, Ruben just signed him to a somewhat of a um, generous uh, post World Series deal. He's on a three-year, fifty-four million-dollar contract uh, through the 2011 season. I actually think it's a good contract. I think yeah. like that's like covers arbitration. Like yeah, yeah, it covers arbitration. It, it's worth his value, um, and that goes through his prime years. So totally fine. Um, so Andy Tracy, um, is he going to be on? I, I feel like he's like just filler. I don't know why. Like, do we need him on this team? Do we do we want to just pop him back in Lehigh Valley, or do we want to put him in? in do we want to give him some spring training time in a forty-man roster spot? Well, really, you know, a team that's in this position that the Phillies are in uh, this season are would be kind of trying to figure out their bench. Right, so obviously he's not starting, but is he good enough to have a bench role to fill in for Howard at first base if Howard needs a day off, or you know, are we looking at other people to, to take that role instead? Um, we have Miguel Cairo in Lehigh Valley. I don't know if we want to, you know, look at him as a possibility, but really right. it's just the bench that we're worried about for the for the big leagues. And 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 Tracy did. I mean, he was really good last year in AAA. He hit 22 home runs, 34 doubles. Uh, 65 walks to 96 strikeouts, good OBP, good slug, all good numbers, also 35, so he'd better be really good in AAA. Um, so I'm fine with keeping him like as a competitor there with all that. Cairo has a little bit more position flexibility. He can play all the infield positions, although not really well. But um, last year he was in Seattle for, the, for basically the full season, uh, and... Didn't do too bad in the major league level. Was basically like a slightly below league average utility player. So, you know, I mean, it's not... I don't think he's the best option as a regular bench guy, but 
he can compete with Andy Tracy. I think that's fine. Yeah, and he's also um, he also bats right handed, and uh, Tracy hits left. So, um, yeah, you know, so he would at least have that kind of platoon difference with Howard at first base. You're gonna platoon Ryan Howard? No, I just mean if like if you were gonna give Ryan Howard a day off, maybe you could do it. Uh, yeah, against okay, against the lefty. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Um, all right, so we can so Cairo. He's on the 40-man. We should just move him over to Philly right now to have him compete with Andy Tracy. That's fine. And then you have Ryan Howard. Then below those guys, uh, Redding has um, Matt Rosati, who is 23 years old and had a really good year in the Sally. So this is a little bit ambitious. I think he could probably go down to Clearwater um, and just spend more time in Clearwater. I mean, he's 23, but... He was in the Sally last year. I feel like he should be in Clearwater. Is that right? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Um, and then you have Jim Murphy, who's 23 and was in Williamsport uh, last year. Why is a 23-year-old in Williamsport last year? Um, but he didn't really hit too well in Williamsport, so I feel like he's a backup, and maybe we could just stash him maybe as a backup somewhere. Maybe we can cut him. I don't. Do we need Jim Murphy? I don't know. I mean, you could just stick him somewhere and then worry about him later. Um, Cause like I he said, apparently... see, see, otherwise we run into this problem where the sun's going to rise. Like I said before. Um, yeah. Yeah. But yeah. as far as who's, who's starting in Reading, we also have Darren Ruff there and I was a, getting there. <laughs> and, and, sorry. I don't want to skip ahead of you. Um, and a very young Jonathan Singleton, you know, so I'm sure right. that we'll want the two of them to at least have a chance to play. Well, John Singleton should not be in Reading. Um, he's 17 years old. He has not had a moment of pro ball. He was an 09 draft pick, so he should be starting in, I think, the Gulf Coast League, to be mm-hmm. honest. Yeah. Um, so we'll just pop him there. Darren Ruff. Okay, so Darren Ruff has no stats to in his name, which is really weird. But he's 22, first base, has good numbers, uh, or excuse me, good, good rates. I think he should be the starter in Reading. That, that's fine. Um. And we can keep Jim Murphy as the backup for the moment. So Rosati is in Clearwater with Michael Durant, who they could probably share time as the first baseman in Clearwater because it seems like Durant got some time in Lakewood, and that's fine. And then in Clear in Lakewood, we have Travis Mater and <coughs> this guy Francisco Murillo, who was in the Gulf Coast League last year. Um, I don't know what what's going to happen with him. We can maybe even move him down to Williamsport for the moment if we need to. So that's fine. Second base. Another guy who I feel like we're fine with, Chase Utley? Mm, I could be talked into starting him, yeah. Okay. And he's also um, he's in the middle of a good contract. Uh, he's getting paid through 2013, and he's, getting, he's making like $15 million per season. So that's like amazing. Yeah, it is. Um, yeah, really especially. I mean, the game gives him a perfect eighty for his score. So, um, so yeah, let's let's keep him. <laughs> if there's anybody who deserves an eighty, it is Chase Utley. Yep. Um, okay, so in Lehigh Valley, uh, really don't have a lot going on. So there's Harold Garcia, who okay, so I feel like he's out of position because he was in the Gulf Coast League the year before, and he, although he's 22, he should not be in AAA. I'm going to move him 22. Um, we can move him to Clearwater. How's that sound? Yeah, it's fine with me. Okay. This is where of- also uh, we start to see some of the weaknesses on the farm. 
You know, so yeah. as we're going through this, I'm starting to try to see pieces that if we do move somebody or try to restock as the season goes on, uh, you know, places we might need them. So middle infield in Lehigh Valley is pretty thin. Yeah. The other guy right now that they have in Lehigh Valley is Carlos Leon, who was in the Florida State League last year for Clearwater, and he was fine, but only in 20 games. He's also 29, so good God, why is he in the organization? I know. But um, we can keep him in AAA for now because he's 29. I, I don't know. Um, Redding has Brad Harmon, who was actually in, in the majors for a moment in 2008, he was in Reading for a decent chunk of the season in 2008 as well, but not necessarily good. I'd just keep him in Reading for now. He's 23. It's not like he's too old for the level. Keep him there. Yeah. Um, Clearwater has a young kid who's 18, Cesar Hernandez. Um, mm, haven't heard of him yet, no. No, he's he's very young. Um, I just Let's put him in the Gulf Coast League for now because he's All 18. Right. Yeah. And then Lakewood has uh, a twofer, Fidel Hernandez, who was actually in Clearwater the year before um, and was middling, uh, and I feel like he should move somewhere else. So what if we put Fidel back in Clearwater for 2009 and have him, like, maybe share time with Harold Garcia when that time comes? Yeah. The, and then... The, and a lot of these lower-level decisions um, tend to sort themselves out in this game. Yeah, they they will very quickly. So that's why, yeah, so I don't want to sound like I'm being dismissive or anything for the people who haven't played this game. It's just like, no. you know, we're much more concerned with the top the top leagues. Yes. And then the other second baseman in the organization, at least uh, above the Gulf Coast, is Adam Buscini, who was 21. I suspect he was probably a draft pick in 09. Um, and at 21 in Lakewood, that's totally fair. I'll keep him there. Um, third base. Right now you have Pedro Feliz and Greg Dobbs at the major league level. Feliz is on the last year of a two-year contract. And I feel like that's a place where we're going to want to really look hard at who the free agents are next year at third base, right? Yeah, I think so. He's kind of right now the, the one weak link in the uh, in the starting position players on the team. Great defense, so, great defense. Great defense, um, but not much out of the bat. So, um you know, passable for the time being, but certainly an area that could become an upgrade in the future. And Dobbsy is a great bench player. 2008, he had 301, best bench player basically in baseball, nine homers, 491 slug. I love Dobbsy. I think he should just he's 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 given a roster spot. I think regardless of how he does in spring. Yeah, definitely. Um, Lehigh has two guys right now. Neil Sellers who is not the guy in the Pink Panther cartoon. Um, <laughs> he's uh, 2008 with Redding, hit 275 with a 339 OBP and 462 slug. Good numbers. Good numbers, right? 26 years old. What the hell? So um, I feel like he is like totally fine staying in Lehigh Valley as the third baseman for 2008. And, you know, maybe like he catches fire and maybe he gets a surprise call up if we feel risky about it. Um, and then Mike Spadale, who was in Reading as well, and then was a little bit in Lehigh Valley and is not really much of a hot offensive player. His defense isn't great either, so I feel like he could just be a backup infielder in Lehigh Valley and call it a day. Yeah, I mean, the game lists his best stats as bun bunning for a hit and speed. So, so he's definitely the kind of player that we want in this organization <laughs> at the top levels. 
Um, but here's the thing. So I should I shouldn't have spoke that soon because third base in New York is really really thin. Uh, Redding has a guy named Jeremy Barnes who's 21 and doesn't have any prior numbers. I might think he's a 2009 draft pick, so I don't want him in Redding. Uh, I feel like he should be in Lakewood at the at the at the least. Yeah, he so is we, since he's 21 and has no stats. You would assume that he is a recent draftee. Yeah, he's. I mean, he might be a college senior. Um, and then so that kind of makes me think that maybe our friend Mike Spadale should go down to Reading, and I'll put him there. Um, and then in Clearwater you have Cody Overbeck, who's 22, was in Williamsport last year, and hit well. Uh, defense isn't that great. Uh, he's got a decent power potential. Um, otherwise, there's not a lot more going on with him. I think fine in Clearwater, whatever, for now. Um, and then Yonderman Rodriguez, I love this name. Uh, he was in the Gulf Coast League last year and then a little bit in Clearwater, just for a moment. I, I feel like this is a guy who should be probably in Lakewood. He's 22, but he should probably be in Lakewood. Yeah, I, well, I'll say this. The game gives him a 20 overall score, but his name is definitely an 80. That absolutely. He he has potential of being a five-tool name player. <laughs> um, then there's like this big third base sort of backup in the organization uh, in Lakewood. And so you got our friend Jeremy Barnes, who's 21. Corby Minkin, who I don't know who the hell he is. Jesus Villegas, who was in Williamsport the year before but did not play well. And then he went to Clearwater for some reason and was fine. Uh, all right, here's what I'm going to do. I'm moving Jeremy Barnes to Williamsport. I'm moving Corby Mintikin to Williamsport. And it's going to be Yonderman and Jesus at third base in Lakewood for the time being. And we're moving on. Yep. Shortstop, Jimmy Rollins, pretty much the best player ever. Uh, he's a 70 potential, still pretty good. Uh, Eric Bruntlett is the backup. I feel like we need a better utility player in the infield than Eric Bruntlett. That's just me. Yeah, um, and we should be able to, to pick one up either off waivers or as a free agent for not much money. So that should be like a somewhat of a priority for us uh, in spring training. Um, Jason Donald is in Lehigh Valley, and last year he was in Reading and was really, really good. 307, 391 OBP, 497 slug. His defense is sort of eh, but he can play multiple infield positions. His best one seems to be, I guess, second or shortstop. Oh, no, third base. Third base is his best. So, I don't know. I, maybe we can groom him as a third baseman. Maybe, especially if we're talking about the complete lack of third base depth in the organization. I mean, if Peter Sellers over in Lehigh Valley doesn't mind. Um, but Jason, I think, belongs in Lehigh Valley this year. He's 24 years old. You know, he could actually force his way into a call-up if Pedro Feliz, like, uh, completely falls apart. So that's something to keep in mind. Um, do we want to give him an invite to spring training? Yeah, I think we might as well. I mean, we're already talking about replacing Eric Frontless, and maybe uh, maybe Jason Donald will surprise us and be able to do that kind of within the organization. Sounds good. Uh, Redding has Ozzy Chavez, who... Was I guess he came over from somewhere and was in the <laughs> We that, all came from true. somewhere. <laughs> that is true. Clearwater has Derek Mitchell. He was in Lakewood last year. He was not very great, but I guess passable to move up to Clearwater. So I'm fine with Derek Mitchell being Clearwater. 
Um, and in Lakewood, you have Troy Hanzawa, who was in uh, Williamsport and was good. Uh, and all right, so I feel like we're good with the infield, but I think priority one seems to be utility bat for the infield. Maybe we should find someone off of waivers in spring training to compete with Donald and uh, Bruntlett, and then maybe long-term third base. Figure that out at some point. Yeah, definitely. All right, outfield. We have Raul Abanez, who was signed to a three-year contract. Uh, he will be in left field. Shane Victorino, he's in center field. He's pretty good. Jason Wirth, who is uh, still this extremely wonderful surprise that we found, uh, who had a great year last year. Yeah, and remember, everybody in Philly loves him right now. He's uh, like Nothing bad has beloved. happened between him and fans. Nothing bad at all. So everybody loves and, him. And he's got this really nice, like, pretty boy, clean-shaven face. That's really cool. I hope he retains that for the rest of his life. I think he will. Um, and doesn't become evil. Um, and then, so, I don't remember who Brian Stavisky is. I was hoping uh, you could tell me, because I have no clue. <laughs> I think he was a guy that Ruben picked up in the two months that he was general manager here before we took over. So... He was in the Pacific Coast League in 07. He was in the Texas League AA last year, and he hit really well. I guess the thought is he can compete for a fifth outfield spot, so I'm fine with having him competing um, in spring training. Sure. And Matt Stairs is also here, and Matt Stairs probably deserves a roster spot uh, just by sheer, you know, his, his home run in the NLCS. Yeah, definitely. We'll need that, we'll need that bench bat. Um, I will say I just looked up Brian Stavisky. And in real life, he uh, never made it to the majors. Hey, so that, that bodes well. Right, we're really stacking future. the deck here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Lehigh Valley. Talk about a deck. Uh, Kevin Maher, who was in Clearwater last year, and maybe somewhere else, I don't know where, but he was fine. Um, he's 27, probably should be in Lehigh Valley. John Mayberry Jr., who the uh, Ruben traded Greg Golson for him and uh, was also sort of a good AAA bat last year. I think he should be, compete for a spot, and I think Meher maybe could, could, could compete for a spot, but I think Mayberry for sure. Yeah, I think so. I mean, at least I've heard of him, right? So he, he has that going against uh, Brian Stavisky. That's, that's right. Damn you, Brian. <laughs> um, Jeremy Slayton, he was in Reading last year, and... Again, very good year, like Jason Donald. Uh, great numbers all around. His defense is passable. Um, the problem is his left fielder. So he can actually play right field a little bit, too. Um, 26, Lehigh Valley. Do you want to give him an invite? Um, I, I, I don't feel strongly about it, but I don't think that the odds of him actually making the team are good. Okay. So let's, we can hold off. Yeah. Um, Quentin Berry is 24, and while he's in Lehigh Valley, I feel like he should be in Reading this year. He was in Clearwater last year and was fine. Uh, he's got a lot of speed, um, but other than that, I think he's, you know, there's still more development that he has to do, so I think he should be in Reading. Yeah, none of so. his stats really are, or none of his skills are developed enough, really, to be in AAA, just looking at his numbers across the board here, so, um, yeah. so yeah, Reading makes sense. And then Michael Taylor, who is one of the top prospects in the system, 
Again, someone who is definitely not in the right place yet. I mean, he's got a great future ahead of him. He had an incredible year with Lakewood. He has not played poorly at all with the Phillies, but he's still very green in a lot of ways. Uh, his defense needs a lot of work, and I think he needs to be probably in clear water to start the year. We could be aggressive and put him in Reading, but what do you think? Yeah, you know, with these guys who do have a load of potential, you know, I, I tend to feel comfortable letting them take their time a little bit and develop instead of, like, throwing them in to a level before they're ready. Because, like I said before, worst that happens is you start them off, you know, at the lower of two levels, and he does really well, and then you just call them up later in the season. Yeah, yeah. All right, so why don't we put him in clear water? The only thing is the game put him in the 40-man roster, so, yeah. But um, I'm okay with that. I mean, he's got – I think he still has all of his options. Uh, and for those who don't know, three option years you have, and he does have three option years. So that's fine. We'll put him in clear water, and we'll call it a day. Um, okay, so Redding has Quentin Berry, Steve Sustorf, 22 years old, and he was in uh, Lakewood last year for like a moment. Um I, he shouldn't be in Reading yet. I think he should either be back in Lakewood or go to Clearwater, but he's 22. Um, all right, Javis Diaz, who another one that they picked up kind of uh, in the in the Ruben Amaro two-month tenure. Uh, he was in the Pacific Coast League for like a second last year. He was in the California League, which I believe is double-A, um, and was okay. Um, I think he could be like the fourth outfitter in Reading. I'm not going to move on from him. Dominic Brown. Uh, 21 years old, hot prospect. In the Sally League last year, he hit really well, but I'm putting him in Clearwater. I don't think we need to talk much about him. No. Um, hopefully he continues to progress and have like a wonderfully long career with the Phillies. I just think of how different things might have been if, if that did happen. If he lived up to his potential. What are you talking about? He's, he's got a lot of potential. I know. He's 21 I years know, old in Clearwater. I know. <laughs> it's just sometimes I can't pretend that things didn't happen that did. <laughs> All right. Um, Brian Gump. Oh, man, I love Brian Gump. 21 years old in Reading, uh, but he has no numbers. I think he's a college draftee, so I'm going to move him right to Lakewood and just call that a day. Yeah. And Gus Milner, who is 24, was in Clearwater last year and did well, but he was in Clearwater as a 23-year-old. So uh, he guess, I, I guess he could be in Reading as maybe the other like starting outfielder. In yeah, I mean, somebody has to start there, so... Yeah. Um, so yeah. sure, it can be him. So Clearwater now has Don Brown. Uh, a lot of outfielders. We have to get through these really quick. Sussdorf, Don Brown, and then <clears throat> Domingo Santana, 16 years old. He's going to the Gulf Coast League. Yeah. Uh, Anthony Ghost, 18 years old, was in the Gulf Coast League last year. I would just put him in the Gulf Coast for now, and we can talk about his, you know, if he can go to Williamsport at another date. I'm not too concerned. Um Jawan James, uh, who you talked about a moment ago. Um, I, I can't did. I liked really... him so much. He's so charismatic, and then it just kind of didn't pan out for him. But he's also 19, so he doesn't belong on this team either. I'm going to move him to the Gulf Coast League. And Leandro Castro, uh, who was in the Gulf Coast League and played really well in that short amount of time. Uh, he's also 19. I'm moving to Williamsport for now because he had a good year at the, at the Gulf Coast. Um, Michael Dabbs. Before dabbing was a thing. <laughs> uh, must be a college draft pick. He's 21. No numbers to his name. So maybe he can be in the Lakewood uh, outfield rotation as a backup. 
And Kelly Dugan, who was the first round draft pick in 2009, uh, he's going to... He's 18. I'm going to put him in the Gulf Coast League for now. Maybe he goes to Williamsport when we get there. Um, Lakewood has Steven Batts, which means this guy should be a great hitter. He better be. Um, he's 23 years old, and Steven Batts. Uh, let's see. I think Redding, Redding maybe needs another player. Redding needs another outfielder, and he's 23, so he's going there. The Bats are going at Redding. Um, Aaron Altair, he's 18. This is this is like making me weepy. Uh, Aaron Altair, 18 years old, good defense. That's good, 50. Um, and he will go to the Gulf Coast League. Arlon Kiros, 22 years old, was in Williamsport last year. Not really great at all, but, you know, maybe he deserves to be the Lakewood backup, uh, Lakewood fifth outfit or something. So Arlon, you'll stick by that. Uh, Vladimir De Los Santos, he was in the Gulf Coast League last year. And uh, had some power, 10 homers. Uh, not much else going for him. Um, I think he can start in Lakewood, uh, maybe be aggressive with that. And so that's good. Okay, so we have five guys in Lakewood. We have three guys in Clearwater, so we'll have to figure that out. Uh, maybe after spring training shakes out. Uh, we have four guys in Reading and two in Lehigh Valley because everybody else is in Philly. So we'll, we'll have, we'll, we might have to pick up a, a fourth outfielder or, or two for some of these other uh, – teams yeah just um, some organizational kind of filler yeah what this yeah. is what this is making me realize too is, is, and i hope it, it's not like this in real life but it, it must be uh which is that some of these guys that i have lower expectations for i kind of don't care if they're at a level that they're not ready for yet like yeah. you know like well he's not quite ready yet but we need well, there's somebody i care about more who's going to take those reps at the lower level so just throw this guy in see what happens i don't really care if he hits 160 you know because <laughs> And I really hope it's not like that in real life, but it probably it has to happen <laughs> at some point, right? All right, so pitcher, starting pitcher, Philadelphia, Joe Blanton, Cole Hamels, Jay Happ, who had some time in Philly last year and pitched relatively well, um, Jamie Moyer, Brett Myers, and then you still have, um, I think there's a couple other guys we have to concern ourselves with here. They picked up Chanho Park. Now, Chan Ho is listed as a reliever, but he was a, he's been a starter his entire career, so I feel like we have to give him the starter role for a moment. Yeah, I think it's worth looking at. And don't forget also that we have Kyle Kendrick, who's listed here as a reliever, too. Who? It's Kyle Kendrick. Who? Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, Kyle will be a starter as well. Um, he does, I mean, his 2007 was very good. He had a tough year in 08, but he deserves to be looked at for sure even though I don't know who he is. Um, so, Philly right now, we have Blanton, Hamels, Hap, Kendrick, Moyer, Myers, and Chanho Park. Um, and uh, Andrew Carpenter, who was in, he was basically the ace in Lehigh Valley last year, or wherever they were, into they were Lehigh Valley. Um, no, he wasn't. He was in Reading. But he, I think of him as Lehigh Valley. But he's 23, um, and I think he kind of deserves to be looked at a little bit in spring training. Um, so why not? Right? Sure, yeah. He's, he's, on, he's on the 40, man. I figure why not? Give him a little bit of an extended look. Um, but I think the one thing that I'm seeing here is that the, the rotation isn't great. Uh, Jamie Moyer, I mean, you know, I'm worried that, this, that, I mean, 
everything's going to fall off for him because in 07, he wasn't very good. 06, he was okay. Um, I feel like, you know, his walks are still pretty high. I, I'm just worried about, like, that back half of the rotation. Like, everything after Hamilton, maybe Blanton is like, ooh, I'm not sure. Yeah, and and you know it's bad when you're saying that Blanton is on the good side of it. Um, so, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, Myers had a good year last year, too. So the rotation will be another area of need. Yeah. All right, so Lehigh Valley starting uh, pitching, everything besides that. So there's a bunch of guys we have to move around here because they don't belong in Lehigh Valley. But Gustavo Chassin belongs in Lehigh Valley, I guess. Uh, he's 28. He was in Toronto a couple of years ago. Uh, doesn't look very good, but I guess he's filler in the Lehigh Valley rotation. Um, him and whoever else like does not does not get a job in Philly. I guess that's the rotation for now. Pretty much, yeah. Um, okay, Kyle Drabeck, 21. He was in Williamsport in the Gulf Coast League last year. He's clearly a top. You know, he was one of the. I think it was 2008, maybe the second round pick. So, or maybe the first round pick. Um, so he belongs. You know, he, we want to give him a really good slow burn here. I think we move him maybe to Lakewood to start the year. Yeah, I think so. Uh, Johan Fland, 23 years old. He was in the Gulf Coast last year and put up great numbers. He's 23. I don't mind aggressively moving him maybe to Clearwater. Yeah, but Lehigh Valley is a little is a little much, I think. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think his walk numbers are a little bit high. I think but, a lot of these know. guys, I think, are in here just because the game needed someone in this rotation in Lehigh Valley. <laughs> Just not good. Yeah, not good. It's not. I. Uh, Drew, sorry. Go ahead. Now, Drew Naylor, um, I think definitely belongs in Clearwater. He actually finished the year in Clearwater and, you know, struggled, but he belongs in Clearwater. Um, Vance Worley, twenty-one years old, came out of the Sally last year and had good numbers. Um, another Clearwater guy. Yeah. You know what? I hope they call him one day. I hope one day they call him Vanimal. Ah, that's a great nickname. Isn't that a great nickname? Just remember that you heard it here first. We should hold on to that one. <laughs> and so, to Reading we go. <clears throat> and Manny Ayala. Manny Ayala. Who? Uh, 24. He, I don't know. He was in the Texas League last year. Um, we'll keep him in Reading for now. Tyson Brummett. 24 in Reading last year, not very good. Um, keep him in Reading. Then there's Chapman, Michael Cisco, 21. He was in the Sally League and pitched really well. 30 strikeouts and no walks. Holy crap! Cisco, huh? That's a name. 70. Uh, wow. Okay, I like him. Um, let's move to Clearwater for a moment. <clears throat> Uh, Joe Savory, he was the first-round draft pick, I think, maybe two years ago. He was in Clearwater last year and put up relatively decent numbers. I think he could be in writing this year. Yeah, and especially because, I mean, somebody has to be. You know, okay. we're moving a lot of guys down right now, and we're just cre- yeah. we're creating a lot of gaps. So we want to be mindful yeah. of that also. That is true. Uh, and Michael Stutes, who was uh, pretty decent in the Sally League last year, um, he's 22. Do we want to just like keep him in writing for now because we have all those problems? Yeah, we can. We could always move him down if we have to later on. Yeah. All right. 
Clearwater has uh, basically so okay so Drew Naylor's there. Uh, there's a bunch of guys there. Jesus. Uh, Edgar Garcia uh, was in Reading last year and pitched terribly. We'll move him over to Reading to start the year, uh, and that'll make that a five-man rotation for the moment there in Reading. Maybe six-man, whatever. Who cares? Um, Austin Hyatt. I, I'm just like gunning through this right now. Austin Hyatt, 22. I think he might have been a a draft pick because there's nothing on his ledger. So I'm going to move him to Lakewood. Um, Matt Way was definitely a draft pick in 2009. I'm going to move him to Williamsport. Uh, Josh Zeed, 21. Looks like he was also a draft pick. I'm going to move him to Williamsport. So that actually cleans out the Clearwater rotation to five men, which is nice. And then Lakewood has a whole number of guys. Kevin Angeli, 21. Does, I don't know who the hell this guy is. I'm going to move him to Waynesport. <laughs> Again, something I hope that the actual front office doesn't say. Yeah, I don't know who he is. Just move him over there. They might, though. Uh, <laughs> Freddie Ballestas, Freddie Ballestas, who moved to Clearwater for a moment at the end of 2008 and didn't really pitch well, um, but they aggressively pushed him there. So... I'll put him there and see what happens. Um, and then Nick Hernandez, 20 years old. He should go to maybe the Gulf Coast League even. And all right. And then Jesus Sanchez, uh, he can be in Lakewood. And Robert Roth can probably be in Lakewood too. Okay. I'm moving on. All right. Great. Let's – oh, well. I see some guys here else? that – uh, in Lakewood, then maybe we can move up if we have to. Um, Scott Matheson is 25. You have Zagurski oh, yeah. 26, and Schwimmer is 23. All right, well, let, let, let's go through this relief pitching real quick, and then we'll get to those guys. So, Major League major league relievers are what they are. I mean, there's nobody there that's any, you know, everybody's Clay Condry, Chad Durbin, Scott Ayer, Rodrigo Lopez, Ryan Madsen, J.C. Romero, Jack Tashner, and Brad Lidge. Remember Tashner? Ooh. I, yeah, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> um, he was like the second lefty that they brought Right, in, yeah. Like to compete with, uh, with Scott Ayer. Scott Ayer. Or something like that. Um, so right now there's nobody in Lehigh Valley. So that's where we'll fill out some of those other guys. So why don't we just do that right now from, from Williamsport. Or, no, where were they? They were in Lakewood. They were in Lakewood, yeah. Um, so Matheson... Like, do we want to invite Matheson to spring training? Why not, right? Yeah, why not? Because the 40-man is only at 34 guys now, so it's fine. Same thing with Zagurski, who was on the team in 2007 and even 6. Um, I think he can get an invite. He's a lefty. Um, so that's good. That works. And then Schwimmer's 23. And, well, he's actually, so he was a recent draft pick because he was in Williamsport last year. Um, but we can aggressively move him up even. I would say we move him maybe to, like, Reading. Yeah, I think so. I mean, we're going to have plenty of gaps to be filling with these guys, so um, I think yeah. he's a candidate to, to do that. Yeah. All right, Reading, uh, Reading relief pitching. Antonio Bastardo, 23 years old. He was in Reading for a little while last year. 376 ERA, 62 strikeouts, 37 walks. A little wild, Antonio. Something to keep an eye on. Yeah, I hope that doesn't stick with him forever. Um <laughs> I would keep him in writing for the time being, and we'll just see how everything shakes out. Uh, Silman LeBron, his last name is LeBron. 
That's amazing. Uh, I, who knows where he played last year, but he pitched well in that level. Um, but he's 21, so I'm going to just move him to Clearwater for now. Carlos Monasterios, who, oh, the Phillies got him in that trade with the Yankees where they traded Bobby Abreu. Remember that? Wow. Yeah. I, he you, really made it for himself. <laughs> uh, 22, he will, I don't know. I guess he could stay in a running. Pete Sicaris, he's 29. God, I'll put him in Lehigh Valley, but not give him an invite. Screw you. Um, Justin DeFreitas, 21. Williamsport the year before. I will move him to Lakewood. And Schwimmer is in running for now. Uh, Clearwater has Jason Anderson, who's also 29 and was in the International League last year for Lehigh. So I'll put him in there for now. Uh, Francisco Buto, or Butto, if you want to be fun about it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that is fun, isn't it? it it's, it's, a, it's a barrel of wine. <laughs> and we'll put him, I'm sure we'll put he's him thrilled in also. I'm sure he has a great time when we say that. He's going to listen to this podcast and go, you son of a... Um, <laughs> Steven Register. Oh, God, Steven Register. I hope he makes the Phillies in a year where they don't need him. Uh, <laughs> I don't really uh, remember him. You could say that his name doesn't really register with me. There you go. <laughs> That's the joke we're waiting for. Uh, 25 years old. I think he could just go in Lehigh Valley for the moment. Uh, John Velasquez. Hopefully he has a brother who plays really well in the future. Um, 23, but he has no stats. I'll keep him in. Um, who gives a crap? I'll, I'll, I'll keep him in Clearwater. A lot of this is just, what are we doing with these guys? Eric Massingham, 22. I'll move him to Lakewood. And then in Lakewood, you have Ryan Berg. Good for him. He can stay there. Chris Kissock also can stay in Lakewood. Uh, Jared Simon, who is 24 and can move up to Clearwater because he's 24. And that's it. So then there's a bunch of guys in the Gulf Coast League who are kind of older. And I think we just kind of move them into, like, full-time jobs uh, with, the, with the full squads instead of keeping them in the Gulf Coast League. Yeah, I think so. Sergio Escalona is uh, hanging out in oh, the Gulf yeah. Coast League. He should be in Lehigh Valley. I mean, he's 24 and had a really good year in uh, Reading. I actually think we should invite him to spring training. How does that sound? That sounds good with me. Yeah. Okay. Got a live arm. So now, yeah, he's like, yeah, absolutely. Like, why not throw a wild card in there? Yeah. Um, and then John Shortsleff. What kind of name is that? He's 27 years old and was in the Eastern League last year and has done a lot of hanging out in the Eastern League. But I'll move to the International League because he deserves the promotion for now. Um, and Jason McIntosh is 28 and was also in the Eastern League last year. And pitched well for Reading in just 17 innings. I'll put him in Lehigh Valley and see what happens. See what happens. That's right. Spring training. And then finally, because there's just a lot of like old guys uh, in, in, in the different levels here. Joe Bessenius, 26 years old. Uh, he had a good, decent season for Lehigh last year, but didn't have a great walk rate. So I'm going to put him in Lehigh and not give him an invite. And... Daniel Brower is 25 and was Clearwater. I will move him to Reading. Ryan Ariel. I, who knows who you are? You're going to go to Reading because you're 24. There's just a lot of names here that we're just yeah. moving around. And when you get down to 
especially, you know, the lower you get in these leagues, the less convinced I am that these are all real people. Yeah. You know, yeah. so and it's possible that they aren't. <laughs> maybe they all are. I don't know. It just shows, you know, the amount of time that I spend looking at the Williamsport crosscutters, you know, even in real life, um, other than the prospects that we're looking at there. I will say, though, that this makes for great podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just talk about relievers who are in their mid-20s in low A ball. And might okay. not really exist. <laughs> <laughs> Actor Justin Long is in Williamsport, oh, by the way. He's a busy guy. Did, yeah. What happened to him? <laughs> um, and Okay, great. So I might just fill out the rosters. I mean, we'll, we'll do that next week after the spring training. Uh, fill out the rosters, just finish them off. But, okay, so I think we're in a good position at this point. Um, there's probably some tweaks we have to make, but nothing we can't do after spring. But we now have 36 guys on the 40-man roster and 38 players invited to spring training. Um, do we want to just invite anybody else, or are we good with, like, I mean, I, I'm fine with just the 38 that we have here. Yeah, there's nobody else that I can think of, unless there's somebody that I'm missing. I think we can like talk. We can think about getting a utility guy, you know, off the waiver wire or off the scrap heap for spring, uh, and bring him in to compete with Bruntlett and Cairo. Uh, otherwise, you know, I, th- I I'm maybe we can find like another starter who can compete or a reliever or something. But you know, that's just really like tossing things in the air at this point. I think we're fine. Yeah, there you know, there are a number of available pitchers uh as free agents even that we could still be looking at. So um so I don't know if that's something that you want to talk about next week. Yeah, I think we should. Um and we can we could start with that and then we'll go through the spring training which we'll sim really quick and then we'll just kind of finish off the rosters and talk about the year ahead. How does that sound? Sounds excellent. Okay. This did not go to the sun t- came up, which is amazing. <laughs> um and if you it, it if only you feels like all it. the if you listened all the way through, congratulations. You are now third in our front office. Yes. So uh, get me coffee. Um, <laughs> we'll do this next week. Dan, thanks for coming. And uh, bone up on, I guess, utility infielders who are free agents in the 08-09 offseason. <laughs> There's nothing I'd rather do more. <laughs> I know it, man. I know it. All right, man. I'll see you all later. All right. Take care.